0: You'll hear from writers, actors, singers, dancers, musicians, painters, multi passionate creatives, and anyone else who considers themselves a creative soul. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Creative Soul Podcast. I'm your host, Leah, and I am so happy to have you here. If it's your first time tuning in, then welcome. We are so happy to have you. And if you're returning, then welcome back. So Before we dive into this week's episode and this week's incredible guest, I wanted to just share a little bit where I am in the world because I know that I shared on my solo episode a couple weeks ago um, where we did a grounding meditation about how we're kind of all in this state of feeling ungrounded. I, I feel it in myself and in my own life, but I definitely sense it in the collective too. We're kind of going through this global identity crisis, I wanna call it. We're all kind of going through some transition. And so I just wanna say that if you are feeling that, then you are not alone and definitely feeling that as well. But I am actually recording this intro episode from Mexico City. So I arrived here, now it'll be about a week ago and I'm just gonna be traveling for the time being, traveling uh, through Mexico and then have some plans maybe to travel through Central and South America. But we'll see how everything goes. Of course, with the state of the world, nothing is, you know, if there's one thing we've gotten good at, it's not really planning too far ahead and really just being in the present and diving into the unknown in that way. So there's my little life update currently in Mexico City, and I'll probably record a solo episode maybe next week or the week after and share a little bit more about my travels and my experiences here because... If you've listened to this podcast before, then you know that I love traveling, and solo traveling is something that deeply nourishes me and deeply fills up my cup, however challenging it might be to overcome those feelings of loneliness and uh, fear of the unknown. But yeah, just would love to share with you more about my experiences as I go along this journey. So expect to hear more from me about that, but let's dive into this week's episode with our guest, Sydney Weiss. So Sydney is a lawyer and the creator, host, and producer of Seek the Joy podcast, your go-to podcast for heartfelt storytelling and conversations on all things self-love, joy, connection, wellness, and spirituality. Sydney's greatest mission is to uplift and empower others to find their authentic voice, encourage them to step into their vulnerability and courage, all to seek their joy and bring about greater healing. In 2020, Sydney launched Stories of Inspiring Joy, a new space dedicated to sharing your stories in your words. There is real power in storytelling, and when we come together around shared love, loss, laughter, joy, and vulnerability, we build connection, create inspiration, and come together in community. Oh my gosh, if you can already tell just by that beautiful intro, Sydney is such a special person, and her and I connected super quickly. We felt like old friends, even though we had only met a couple times on Zoom. I feel like that's the case with a lot of guests that I have on the show, but Sydney is definitely one of those people. And we actually recorded... An episode on her podcast, Seek the Joy, and that just launched last week. And so that was all about creativity and starting a daily creative practice. It was just a really good one. I listened back to our episode together, actually, while I was on the plane flying from San Francisco to Mexico City. And it was actually a really cool experience to hear my voice reflected back in me in this interview format. You know, usually I'm interviewing others on on this podcast, but being interviewed by Sydney was such a special experience. And I really found a lot of wisdom in our conversation, just as I found a lot of wisdom in our conversation on this podcast. So in this episode, we talk about Sydney's story, about how she... Came to be a lawyer and a podcast host, two seemingly unlike things, but how she really, you know, went on her journey and, and overcame things like burnout and stress and overwhelm, and how she was able to heal through starting the podcast and through healing her voice and through connecting with herself in meaningful and intentional ways. We also talk about rest and what it really means to rest, because I know that this is something that I struggle with and you'll hear this in this conversation, but there are all different types of rest and Sydney kind of breaks those down for us. I think you'll find in this conversation that Sydney is just so personable and authentic and relatable and just so honest. I really appreciated her really honest storytelling, and she's such a good storyteller. Like She told so many different stories in this conversation, and I was like, wow, you are amazing at what you do. And so definitely check out her podcast and our conversation on her podcast on Seek the Joy. And without further ado, enjoy this conversation with Sydney Weiss. Hi, Sydney. Thanks so much for coming on the Creative Soul Podcast.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. This is going to be so much fun. I'm so excited to sit down with you.
0: I know, me too. So the first question that I always start with is, what is currently fueling your creative soul?
1: Ooh, It's got to be connection. Like For me, it's, it's just always been connection is really what drives my sense of creativity. It's my opportunity, I think, to because it's through connection, through conversation that we learn so much about the person we're, we're speaking to, but also so much about ourselves. And it's in these moments that I get new ideas or I learn something new about myself. And I think it all really drives my creativity. So those moments of connection. Yeah. Mm,
0: that's definitely. such a good, yeah, that's such a good answer. I think like two, and this is something, sometimes I forget this, but it's like the ability to be able to like have a conversation with someone and be able to respond Mm -hmm. and they can illuminate so many things that maybe you had never thought of before. Yeah. Or just like, I, I, I really value that like response, like having something to respond to. And I don't know, I think you probably know a little bit about human design. Yeah. 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 So I'm a generator and like that, I didn't realize that that's something that like that I really need. And so I love that, that part Mm -hmm. too. And connection and conversation. And so I'd love if you could just give us a little bit of your backstory of your journey, what you do and how you got to where you are today.
1: Okay. So gosh, so I'm the host of Seek the Joy podcast, but I'm also a lawyer. And so my journey of being a lawyer and also a podcaster and producer have really existed simultaneously. So I think to properly tell this story, I have to go back to like 2015, 2016, I was in my third year of law school and really stressed, like stressed to the point where you kind of don't recognize yourself. You're just, the foot is on the accelerator all the time. And I was working with a intuitive healer at that time. And he was telling me like, you need to seek the joy in your life. You need more joy. You are too serious. Like this is too much. And I kind of looked at him at that time and I was like, huh? Like, what do you mean I need to seek the joy? Like, in my mind, I was like, I have friends. Like, I go out and do fun things. I'm also in law school. Like, I'm trying to do it all, you know, and figure it out. And I really took what he said to heart. And at the time, I made a bracelet. It was like the simple engraved bracelet. And it said, seek the joy on it. And, you know, it's one of those things like you wear it for a while and then it lives on your dresser. Like that's what happened with this bracelet. So we're now in like 2016 and I'm about a month or so away from graduating from law school and I have I get shingles. Like I wake up one day and I've got this thing on my back and I'm like, what is this? So I have shingles. I'm 25. It's like a month or so before I'm going to graduate from law school. And it really kicked me In the butt like it knocked me down and it was one of the first times in a really long time where i actually had to rest but i didn't really rest like it was a fake half rest kind of thing and so i heal from that i graduate from law school and at this point once you graduate from law school you begin the process of sitting and studying for the bar exam and in california at the time it was a three-day exam so i spent about 10 weeks preparing for this exam and when I tell you, I came out of that experience like a shell of who I was. Like I'm probably underestimating what that experience was like for me. I came out of that the, the, the sickest, the most unhealthy physically, mentally, emotionally I had ever been in my whole life because I was in such deep fear of the exam. I promise this story leads to something. So I sit for the bar. It was a really difficult experience. A month or so later, I have a appendicitis. I have an emergency appendectomy. In true Sydney fashion, I thought it was just a stomach bug and like I waited to do anything about it. So by the time I got to the ER, they were like, "Mm, we got to like operate immediately. And so the process of healing from that appendectomy from appendicitis was really hard for me. My body did not bounce back right away. And I think it was had a lot to do with the different Difficulties or traumas or illness or things that were going on with me over the last couple of years. This all culminates though in November of 2016 when I didn't pass the California bar. And I remember checking the bar results in my parents' living room and it kept saying, This name does not appear on the pass list. And I was like, No, 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 that's a joke. Like, there's no way. Like, it, it's in bold red letters. This name does not appear on the pass list. Kept hitting refresh. And then finally it hits me, Oh, you you didn't pass the bar. And I kind of this self this negative self talk I had carried with me my entire life just blew up. The things I was saying to myself I would never say to you, I would never say to anybody in my life. And I kind of sat with this level of grief or anger, disappointment, sadness for a couple of weeks and then I picked myself up and I thought okay, Sydney We are going to figure this out. We are going to figure out not only how to pass this exam, but what are your roadblocks here? What is preventing you from really stepping forward and not only feeling good about yourself, but in who you're meant to be? And so I spent sort of the next eight, nine months really going through a metamorphosis, a journey of changing the way I spoke to myself, really working on my health. So I would be in a better place, both physically, but also mentally and emotionally. And so by the time I sat for the bar the second time in July 2017, I was just a totally different person. The way I had was speaking to myself had changed. The way I was approaching the exam had shifted. I was no longer afraid of the exam. It was one of those things where it was like, before I was like, I was afraid this thing was going to conquer me. And now I've decided I'm going to conquer it. It was just total 180. When I got to the hotel room where I was staying in Sacramento, because that's where I sat for the bar the second time, I opened up the blinds and there was a sign that said Esquire. And I was like, oh, like it was such a moment of validation for me that like, everything I had done worked towards this process of beginning this journey of healing for myself, like that was a sign. Like I was going to be okay. I was going to pass this exam. Spoiler alert. I do pass the bar the second time, but in September of 2017, I just felt so inspired. I really wanted to sit down and have conversations with people who either had similar stories or experiences, wanted to be vulnerable. And I thought, I'll start a podcast like that sounds fun. Like I was really loving the medium and I was listening to like 10 or 15 shows every week. And so I just dove in and um, in the process of trying to figure out what the show is going to be called. I saw that bracelet I mentioned earlier out of the corner of my eye on my dresser. And I thought that's it. It's going to be called seek the joy podcast because life is about seeking our own unique joy. It's going to look different for all of us. But as we're in the process of seeking that joy, we're also going to meet adversity. We're also going to meet roadblocks. We're also going to have difficulty, sadness, disappointment, pain. And so for me, it's become about how do we balance the two? at the same time. So September, October, 2017, I launched the podcast. So this year it'll be four years old. And then a month or so later in November, I found out I passed the bar. So this journey of being a lawyer and also a podcaster and this opportunity to connect and have these conversations, they've just existed simultaneously and truly like could not imagine my life without them. So that's a very long backstory, but that's sort of what led us to, to where we are today.
0: Oh my gosh. I have kind of like chills all over. This is oh my incredible. Gosh. What a beautiful story. I mean, first of all, I like, it has a happy ending and it does, yes. I, I love that. And the fact that like you didn't pass the bar exam for the first time and something that, you, you know, this idea of like burnout and overworking ourselves. And the fact that like, if, when we do that and we don't, and we push ourselves past our limits and we don't take that Time, that proper time to adequately rest, the body shuts down. And that's something that I'm really realizing because I've had similar experiences where I've really overworked myself, pushed myself to the limit, and thought, no, I can do it all. I can add all these things to my plate. I'm excited about all of them. I want to do all these things. And then, you know, down the line, start having panic attacks, which I didn't Mm -hmm. realize even what was the root or the cause of that. And now, I'm, I've been in therapy the past couple of months and really starting to realize like, yeah, when you don't take that proper time to properly process and, you know, give yourself time and space, like your body will start speaking for you. Hmm. And so that's so fascinating. The fact that your body literally was like, no more, you're going to have this immediate surgery now for you to actually rest. Yes. So what, like, When you're going through that period of like not resting, not resting, and then being forced to, was that really, was that really uncomfortable for you? Like how, what was kind of like the mental chatter that was going on in your brain when like literally you're being forced to be in bed and heal.
1: Yeah, you know, it's so interesting. Your body speaks to you. Our bodies speak to us in very small ways. So it'll show up in, you know, getting cold so often or a physical ailment or it just builds on itself until you actually listen. That's something I really learned in that process of shingles and then appendicitis. And you're right, like my mental chatter (laughs) when I was forced to slow down In the period of time of like September to November of 2016, it was really challenging. Like one of the most challenging times in my life mentally because I am someone who thrives off of constantly moving. It makes me feel good. I feel like there's there's a sense of purpose that's tied to what it is that we do in our output. And through that journey, I really had to learn that my self-worth does not hinge on the external It doesn't depend on what I produce, about what I work on, whether or not I'm employed, whether or not I pass an exam. My worth exists because of who I am as a person, your kindness, your empathy, your willingness to be good to yourself and to others. And so for me, it was really challenging. And it's interesting. Ever since then, in the last five years, I've had more moments like that where I've had to actually slow down and rest or take better care of myself. I've had moments where I've had absolutely no energy for months on end. And I, you know, it's, you, you struggle getting out of bed or just doing normal everyday things. And the mental chatter is real something, but I have learned for me, the best way to comment is just to remind myself that, Hey, I'm okay my worth is not dependent on what I'm doing. It's more so about who I am and how I am being. And as I continue to remind myself that it does sort of smooth the edges a little bit, but I do think for me, it's going to be something I'm constantly working through or um, allowing myself to kind of come up against because I keep learning something in those moments. Like I learned something more about me, about who I am, about how I want to show up in the world. And when I tell you like in 2017, like, I did a complete 180. Like I really did like my whole, the way I viewed myself in the world had shifted to such an extent that I no longer felt like this sense of pressure to perform in the same way that I had previously. And I think when you had mentioned this a little bit earlier about your experience right now with your anxiety and panic attacks and being in therapy, it's, it's interesting because when we take, we have the moment, that moment of courage to Take better care of ourselves, there's like a switch that flips. It's like a flip of the switch. I don't know what the correct mm. <laughs> word is, but there's something that happens and everything starts to open up in a different way because you're signaling to yourself, like, hey, I've got you. Like, we're going to be okay. And even when we're not okay in this moment, we're going to figure it out how to work through this. For me, that's been huge. It's like anytime I make that choice or that decision to slow down, take a step back, reach out for help, something shifts. I don't know why. It just does just something shifts.
0: Yeah. That's so important to remember just, and even like reaching out for help and knowing that like, you don't have to do it alone. Yeah. And I just relate to you so much. Cause I, I feel the same where like, I love working and I love doing things that light me up and I love putting my energy into something, but it's like, you really have to strike that fine balance of making sure that you're also taking time for yourself. And I think mm-hmm. something that I have like been coming up against is like, yeah, what does rest look like? Like, even when oh. I think that I'm resting, I, I'm, I'm not actually really resting. Even you said, like, I, I thought I was resting, but I wasn't actually resting because I think I'm discovering in myself all these sneaky ways that I kind of you know, don't rest like, Oh yeah, I'm resting. I'm not doing anything, but you know, in my brain, I'm doing all these million different things. I'm reading all these books. I'm, you know, going on Instagram like that it's, and that's not proper rest. And so, (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah, that's just something that's really interesting. That's been coming up for me as well.
1: Yeah. A couple months ago, I was doing some digging on rest. I was really curious about it because I either had seen an Instagram post or something, and there are really different types of rest. There's physical rest, mental rest, emotional rest, spiritual rest. I'm sure I'm missing a bunch in there, emotional rest. And you could be sleeping, like physically resting, but still be so tired. And that's because you're drained emotionally, mentally, spiritually. And so finding different ways to rest within those different categories, those different buckets, I think is such a challenge, especially right now in like 2021. For me personally, it's a huge challenge. Like last week I took two days off of work and I was so, I could not believe how tired I was. Like I had no idea until I didn't have to log on to the computer that that Thursday. And I was like, oh my God, like you are really burned out. And all that sounded good to me in that moment was laying down on the couch and like staring at the ceiling. And yeah, sure. You pick up your phone and you start scrolling or you turn on the TV and you go to Netflix or something. Um, But you're right. like There are different ways that that element of wanting to be productive sneaks into that rest. So I think being able to identify for yourself, where do I actually need rest? Do I need it emotionally, mentally, physically? Sometimes it is enough to watch Netflix and like that's the element of rest you need. Sometimes it's turning off your phone and really disconnecting from the world and not having to engage in conversation. Like on Friday last week, I don't want to talk to anybody. Like I just was not, like it just felt like a lot of output that I just wasn't here for in the moment. So I think what you said is so interesting. And for me, it's been trying to figure out how to identify, like, what kind of rest do I need? And mm-hmm. for me, that's just been like asking myself that question of, okay, where do you need this rest? Where do you feel burned out? Where do you feel depleted? And if I find myself getting annoyed in conversation, okay, I need a break from engaging in that way. Or I find myself getting annoyed watching TV. Okay, that's not going to help me right now. You need mm-hmm. silence. Like it's a, It's like an analysis. It's so interesting.
0: Whoa. Yeah. I love that. I hadn't thought of that before of like the different types Mm -hmm. of rest required and really being able to like tune in and have this conversation with yourself of what is it, what is it that you need in that moment and really inquire within. That's so cool. And I'm curious, like when, you know, you mentioned that when you sat for the bar the second time, you felt like a different person. And I'm curious, what are some of those healing modalities or what are those, some of the things that you had to do or maybe support systems that helped you process and really kind of get to this other place where your perspective had shift so much, shifted <laughs> so much. Curious, what are some of the things that you did?
1: That is such a good question. It's interesting because I can't attribute the shift to just one thing, like in particular, which I think goes to show that it takes a lot, like it takes a lot of different things, people, situations to really move the needle in a way that is healing and makes sense for you. Um, the biggest thing for me is I really needed to get to the root cause of why the bar was so intimidating to me. Mm -hmm. And really I, my whole life I, I feel like I've been on a bit of like a wellness, like mental health healing journey since I was a little kid. i have always someone who's been anxious. I've had bouts of depression. I've had OCD for probably 15 or 16 years. I'm only now in the process of like sharing that aspect of myself with people. And so for me, there's there was this really strong element of performance anxiety, like if I don't perform in a way that is outstanding, that is stellar, A plus on this side and the other, I felt like I was going to be judged. I was judging myself. I was afraid of what other people were going to think. I attributed, like I said, my entire self-worth to how I showed up on an exam. And so the minute I realized like, that wasn't the case. Like none of this was true. This was like a story I was telling myself for probably most of my my life, probably since I was in middle school, something just shifted within me. And I started to have to find – an understanding or a way to really understand my worth that wasn't tied to those things. And so I was listening to a lot of podcasts. I was listening to Oprah's Super Soul Sunday. I was diving into podcasts at the time, like The Balanced Blonde, Soul on Fire, That's So Retrograde, like anything that was kind of in this alternative um, healing space was something I was listening to. And it's so funny, like how much my podcast interest has evolved over time. But for me, that was really huge. Conversations with my parents like understanding, like, how long have I been this way? And how did you guys feel about this? And their support was huge throughout this journey. There was, like I mentioned, there was an intuitive and healer I was working with in 2015. And we did a lot of energy work together throughout 2016 and 2017, which really helped to shift a lot of my way of thinking and and viewing myself in the world. I didn't read books. I'm not going to lie. And that's really because law school ruined my ability to read. (laughs) Like, I'm not even joking. Like, I cannot sit down and read anything for fun anymore. The biggest thing for me was just l- figuring out a better way to structure my days as well around the exam, treating it like a job as opposed to like what I, w- I, before I was like studying 16 hours a day, which was not sustainable. And the second time I went for eight to 12, depending on where we were th- in the studying process. But for me, more than anything, it was just the conscious decision to make a change. Like for me, that, that was huge. And, and I, I, sort of almost like struggle with saying that because it makes it sound so easy. But I really had to get to a point where I was like fed up. Like I was like, this is not going to work for me anymore. Like feeling this way about myself, talking to myself this way, it just wasn't going to work anymore. And so I really had to just make this conscious choice. I also realized like nobody is actually watching me as much as I thought people were. Like, when you're in law school, it's such a competitive environment. And I really tried for three years not to buy into that sense of competition, to not care about where I was ranked or what I was doing or what to me, like compared to anybody else. But something happened with the bar because it's so public, like you can search whether or not somebody passed. And so I realized like nobody's actually caring about whether or not I pass as much as I think they do. And that to me was also like so liberating. Um because we compare ourselves to others, like whether it's on social media, it's in school, it's for an exam. And the truth is, it's like you're running your own race. You're in your own lane. I saw something the other day that was like, I really wish I remember where, where I found it and I'll send it to you if I can find it. And it was about how like as we compare ourselves to others and we, we're sort of like dismissing everything that took for us to get to this moment. So whether you've faced adversity or trauma or you know huge moments of celebration and kindness and whatever it might be, that's all these different factors or family, your friends, everything that has played into where you are in this moment. I don't know your whole life's history. You don't know mine the same way with somebody else. So why are we comparing ourselves to somebody else who's had a whole different life experience leading up to this moment? For me, that understanding and that recognition has been huge, too, because even now I find myself comparing myself to other people. And I'm like, don't do that. Like, no, stop. So all those things combined really, really helped me. And I think ultimately, like I said, it was really just my choice to want to make a change and a shift and then find things to support me, you know. Once I made that choice, podcast, friends, family, a healer, or it could be a therapist, whatever resonates for you. And mm-hmm. and just giving yourself, I think, that extra cushion and padding. And at the time, I also dove into a meditation practice, a journaling practice, and found other people who really loved those things too. And that was just such a wonderful outlet for me too, an opportunity to dive into greater, I think, introspection and reflection around why all this was coming up and culminating in the, in the way that it was.
0: Mm, yeah. That's thank you for sharing all that. Cause I think it's so helpful to hear. I love this piece about it. You know, it wasn't just one thing. Yeah. It was the culmination of all these different things and you know, all of them served a purpose. It's it's not like you could have just done this one thing and then ta-da your life has changed. It's like, no, you kind of that's the whole journey of it. That's the whole process of it. That you have to really take it step by step. Try this, you know, see how that feels. And then that informs something else and that informs something else. And then then all of a sudden, you know, it seems like you know the light has switched, the flip has switched. And then you know you can kind of see it from that different point of view. But it's really the journey of like all the, the different things that you did and all the things mm-hmm. that you engage with and then kind of building like once you're on this other side of that, like building that support system and, you know, those new things that will actually nourish and inspire you and, and light you up rather than mm-hmm. reverting back to the old way. So I find that, yeah, just like really powerful in, in thinking about any kind of journey anyone's going on, That it's like, it's really just a process and totally. it's a continual ever evolving process. You know, we're still on it today. That's life. Yeah. so, yeah. yeah, that's something that I'm, I'm really figuring out now too. So I yeah. love that.
1: I resonate so much with what you just said because it is a process and it's a journey that I'm still on. And if I think about before 2015, 2016, it was a journey I was on already as well, but it was like so heightened in that time, like 2016, 2017, it was kind of like a roller coaster. We were already going up the hill and then we went all the way to the top and then we dropped down. And I have to keep reminding myself what you just said, that it is a process and it is a journey. I have moments where I'm like, oh my God, like haven't we been through this already? Like, haven't you already, you know, face this aspect of yourself or done this work. And the truth is, it's like, yes, but the work continues to build and the work continues to be there. And I think if we can remind ourselves that, I hope it's some comfort because it has been for me, even though I do get frustrated by it. It's like just remembering like, this is kind of what life is about. It's this journey of understanding, of introspection, of allowing yourself to grow and shift. And you're going to sometimes face the same things you faced 10 years ago, but it's going to show up in a different form. And there's just such an opportunity for growth. And, and yeah, such an opportunity for growth, I think, within that.
0: Totally. Yeah. It's like life is just a a constant healing process and, oh, yes. and we might as well enjoy it along the ride. Cause there's always going to be those ups and downs. Mm-hmm. I'd love to hear more about seek the joy. And, you know, once you started this podcast and now you have this new perspective, what has it been like podcasting over the last, you said four years, five years, four,
1: four years, at least four years in October, years, which is that's so nuts. amazing.
0: Thank wow. You. Yeah. So I'm super curious, like, What was that journey like and how has it built and evolved and grown since then?
1: Hmm. So, okay. So when I launched the podcast, which I'm curious if this was your experience, like I, I really didn't know what I was doing, but I was just so (laughs) excited to dive in and to have conversations. And I started off actually just talking to my friends. I didn't really have the courage quite yet to like reach out to strangers on the internet and be like, hey, I think you're awesome. Like, do you want to come on my podcast? So I started off by just talking to my friends. And that was really wonderful because I learned so much about them and so much about their journey. And you know, once I sort of got a little bit comfortable, probably after the first three months, I, I started to reach out to people that I found online that I thought were really interesting and had interesting stories. And it's sort of obviously grown from there. And I've had like over 150 maybe conversations since, since I launched the podcast and Seek the joy has evolved. Like it has evolved as I have evolved. And I'm really appreciative for that because that's something I didn't expect when I started podcasting. I had no idea that it would be so healing. So growing up, I had a bit of a lisp. There are certain words I actively avoid, I think, as an adult, because there were people who like really wanted to point out to me that I had a lisp, which I don't understand. Like, I get it. Thank you so much. Like, (laughs) why are you making me feel bad? I'm 12. And so I like literally didn't want to make phone calls growing up. I used to make my sister, who's four years younger than me, like make phone calls all the time. It was kind of hilarious, but also like shout out to Maddie for always doing that. And so for me to have a podcast was kind of like hilarious in the sense that I was someone who was so ashamed or um, uncomfortable by my voice for so long. And the podcast really has provided me an opportunity to, to heal that element of fear, discomfort, embarrassment, whatever it might be, and really step into a space of owning and appreciating my voice. And so the podcast has been so healing. And I've met so many incredible people, you included, who have really, I think, reminded me of why I started the show. And so the the focus of the show is like I mentioned a little bit earlier is how do we seek our joy in our life while also recognizing and being able to hold these sort of quote unquote hard moments. And we have conversations on self-love joy, connection, wellness, empowerment, and spirituality. And it's this idea too, that as we come together, we not only remind one another that we're never alone in what it is that we're experiencing, but we can really grow from every moment. And so there's been so many fun things that have happened Um, as a result of the podcast within like the first eight months of launching it, I woke up one day and it was on BuzzFeed's like, top 25 podcasts to listen to in 2018. And I literally, like, when I tell you, Leah, like, I was like, what is, I don't understand. Why is this blowing up? And then I looked at where everybody was coming from and I was like, oh, that's cool. Okay, so maybe like I'm onto something here. And then we won an award at a film festival the following year, which was very cool. And then not to mention like all the people I've been able to meet and have conversations with. About six months into starting the show, I got an email from someone who was tuning in and she was like, Hey, I really love your podcast and what you're doing. I want to be part of it, but I don't I don't want to be interviewed. Do you have any other ways to be part of your platform? And when I tell you I looked at this email and I was like, other ways? <laughs> of my platform. Okay. And so I came up with this idea for something at the time I called the power of storytelling, which was where someone could send in an audio clip of themselves sharing their story, like 10 or 15 minutes. And I would put it together with like two other stories as an episode. And I really loved that. I felt like an opportunity for people to just tell their story uninterrupted. And then the pandemic hit, I was doing it for like two years the pandemic hit. This is like March, April, 2020. And the series was booked through the end of the year. And I literally was like, okay, first of all, how cool is this? And then I was like, this is not sustainable. Like I cannot be starting to book someone for 2021 in like April or May. Like that's crazy. And I had this idea to start another podcast for a long time, but I just was kind of chicken about it. And then this was like the push I needed. So I moved the power of storytelling to its own podcast. It's called stories of inspiring joy. And so two stories go live on that show every week. I have a blog on the website called joy corner, which I launched. I think it was like end of 2018. Maybe I share two incredible people on the blog every Thursday. And then I hosted my first summit this past April, which was incredible. And we're just wrapping up right now, a summer series um, on the podcast. So it's been like the best opportunity for me to be creative and dive in and to build the sense of connection and community that that I was so like unanticipated like I had no idea first of all ever in my life I would start a podcast or do something like this but that's so much good both for me and for others would come out of it I just feel like a totally different person as a result of it it's been it's been a life changer so as I approach 4 years in October I'm like I cannot believe I've done this for four years while also working full-time as a lawyer. Like I, I don't know. I don't know how I do it. I just know that it fuels me. It motivates me. It's my opportunity to connect. And I I just love it. Yeah.
0: Wow. I, again, like chills and I relate, (laughs) I relate so much to your, the beginning of your story too. I'm about it. I'm like just recorded episode fifty. That's amazing. I know. That's amazing. I'm, yeah. Congratulations. It's, thank you. Yeah, it's been like just just about a year, and so I was kind of going through the same reflection process that you were just sharing of like, yeah, the first couple of months I only interviewed my friends and people mm-hmm. I knew, and like, oh, I love that. Then started to expand and get more courage to reach out to people I didn't know, and it's like, yeah, everything you said about like. The, the conversations, the people and like the unexpected like magic of being able to share your voice and how healing that's been and really has been such a lesson in like learning to trust my voice. And so I just love everything you shared and how it's really grown and evolved over the over the past few years. It's just so inspiring. And also the fact that, yes, you're you're also working full time during <laughs> all of this. And I I wonder like how how do you balance the workload of it all? Because it it is a lot and it's, and it's, of course, it's something that we love and we're passionate about. And so that always makes it fun. It's like kind of like a, it's a creative activity. It's something that fills us up. It's something that gives us energy, but yeah, curious, how do you balance all the workload of it?
1: I love what you just said, by the way, about this has been an opportunity for you to trust your voice. Like that is so That is so major because we often grow up not knowing if we can trust ourselves, trust our own guidance, trust what it is that we're going to say, think, or feel. And so allowing yourself a space and an opportunity to really build that trust and develop that trust is huge. And I feel the same way. Like this, this opportunity to have a podcast but then connect with other podcasters and come on their shows and everything else in between – it's shown me like i can speak my truth and like it's okay like you can share who you are and and, and share your voice and um people resonate which is crazy to me by the way like it's just, it's just wild. So anyway, okay. (laughs) How do I balance? I don't like, I'm not going to lie. Like I really don't, I struggle with this and it's something I've been trying to figure out, especially over the last year with the pandemic, the pandemic provided me an opportunity to work on the podcast in a way that I wasn't afforded to before. So prior to the pandemic, I worked in an office. And so I was working on the podcast early mornings, late at night and on the weekend. I would like only record on Saturdays because I couldn't record during the week. Mm -hmm. And um, that was really challenging and I was really tired. And then the pandemic hit and I'm home. And so there's no commute. There's no like you know, all that, that time and energy that I would be using to like get in the car to drive to my job, I was spending to working on the podcast. So like I usually get up like at 630 and I work on the podcast until about nine. And that's whether I'm answering emails or I record in that time period or I'm editing or something. I usually do something again for it at night, which is like how I actually wind down from my day from my full-time job is like by working on the podcast or like putting some graphic together or responding to an email. It just, it like, calms me. It centers me. It's very odd. And then I've been trying in the last year to not do anything for the shows on the weekend. I really want that to be like my opportunity to decompress, but I wouldn't be able to do that if, if the pandemic didn't happen and it didn't sort of like flip the world and the working world sort of upside down. But truthfully, like this is something I really struggle with this sense of balance and also providing myself the space and the opportunity to decompress or, or not work on something. I will say, because this is a question I do get often is, you know, just be very clear on your boundaries for yourself. For me, that's been huge is knowing like I – you know, seek the joy is between this hour and this hour. And my full-time job is between these hours and I don't want it to conflict and I don't want it to overlap. And knowing my boundaries around all of that and and what I need to prioritize in the moment has been huge for me. It's also just been like a way for me to respect the fact that I do have like two full-time jobs sort of, mm-hmm. sort of at the same time. So boundaries have been huge. Knowing my limit has been massive, which is why I say like I really try not to do anything for it on the weekend and knowing like the weekend is my opportunity to be with my family or friends or just like do nothing which I think we really need prior to the pandemic I didn't have that I was like always doing something so it's if you have any tips on balance I'm all for it because I haven't totally been able to figure it out but I also think like if you were to ask any of my friends or my family they would be like oh yeah but that's just me like that's just Sydney like she just (laughs) always has a lot Going on, which maybe is not a good reputation to have. I'm figuring that out, but yeah, it's something I am. I am constantly learning and figuring mm-hmm. out how to do, because mm-hmm. it's a lot. It's a yeah, lot. Yeah,
0: totally. I love. I just really appreciate like the honesty in which you share, because it's not like you're coming in here and like, oh yeah, I have it all figured out. This oh, is what. This no. <laughs> is it's like no. Again, <laughs> it's a constant process yeah. and journey of learning and unlearning. And I just relate. I feel like we're very similar and oh we in really are. We're yeah. like, yeah, I'm always the kind of person that has like five jobs at once. Cause it's like, Oh, I can do this and this and this and this, and I, I love to do it. And it's fine. But really, I think what you said about boundaries is so important because, you know, if we don't kind of hold that space and set that space for ourselves and like our energy, just like leaks in all different directions before. And that's what kind of sets you on the road to burnout and overwhelm to then where your body will start speaking to you, which is something that I've definitely found in myself. So even when it's like, yes, Leia, you want to do all the things, but you, you know, you can't, and it's okay. And like, you're allowed to take this time for yourself. This is a really random question, but it kind of sparked, it sparked this, when you were talking, I was thinking about like, how cool it is, I think too, to like have a full-time job that, you know, you put your energy into, but then to have something else to go to. Cause I think when we kind of put all of our eggs into one basket, mm-hmm. I don't know. I am I, maybe you're just, maybe it's different type of personalities. And I'm definitely the type of personality that doesn't like to have all my eggs in one basket. I'd like to do a variety of different things and you seem the same, mm-hmm. but I'm curious, like, what do you love about being a lawyer? And like, what does, you know, your job as a lawyer kind of give to you and and what does it, Fuel like what parts of you does it fuel?
1: So something somebody said to me a couple of years ago that has really stuck with me and it plays off of what you just said, like so beautifully, Is like you can't expect everything you need from one person.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: I really applied that to like every aspect of my life. And so the podcast fuels this sense of creativity, the sense of connection. Um, joy like honestly i feel the best when i am working on seek the joy and and diving into it and being a lawyer fulfills something very different and so when I was a kid, I was like one of these kids that decided at 12, I was going to be a lawyer. And I just declared it. Like, I pretty sure I walked into my parents' room one day and was like, I just want you to know, like, I'm going to be a lawyer. And I'm pretty sure my parents looked at each other and were like, oh my God. Okay. Sure, Sydney. But at, growing up, I was such a creative person. I was always painting, drawing. My grandpa and I used to always like do art projects together. I was like in all these like, art things at school. When I was a teenager, I was like filming skits with my sisters and my cousins. They do still live somewhere on the internet, but I'm still trying to take them down because they are (laughs) so embarrassing. And I would put them together and then edit them. And I just loved it. But there was also this aspect of me that really felt like I needed to be serious in order to be taken seriously. And I think that's where that sense of wanting to be a lawyer came from, but also wanting to be an advocate. I went to law school being very clear that I wanted to be an advocate. Came out of law school with a whole, totally different plan, and I actually work in entertainment, which is interesting because I obviously the podcast, but um, I work in entertainment. I work behind the scenes of putting together television shows for a studio, and for me, that has really fulfilled this aspect of myself that's very structured. That really, I think, enjoys putting pieces together. If that makes sense, yeah. it's very collaborative, which I love. I love being part of a team. I sound like I'm writing a cover letter right now, which is hilarious, but like, (laughs) I really do like the sense of being collaborative and working together and coming together and putting something much bigger than yourself together, which I guess is what I'm doing with the podcast as well. But it sort of satisfies a second, the other part of my brain, so to speak, which I really enjoy. And I've really appreciated being a lawyer and, and being in the positions I've been in has also afforded me, you know, opportunities to be like, oh my God! I swear to God, I sound like I'm writing a cover letter. Like you know, just working with other people and and leadership opportunities and and teaching other people. I I, I really have stepped into a lot of mentorship roles within my within my role, and so I think that's really what it fulfills in me is that is that element of collaboration of of structure, of putting things together. And it's so interesting because I told you I went to law school because I really wanted to be an advocate. Through the podcast, I've really learned that you can be an advocate for others in a way that's sort of, quote unquote, non-traditional. Like providing someone the space and an opportunity to share their voice and share their story, I think is a beautiful element of advocacy that we're only just now beginning to tap into and understand. Mm. And for me, like that is the type of advocate I want to be and continue to be. And it's very cool that I get to do that through both being a lawyer, but also through the podcast and being a producer too.
0: Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. I love that so much because it's something like, I I was thinking a lot about like what, you know, there's a lot of talk about and in myself too, it's like, you know, what's my purpose? Why am Mm. I here? Like, what are my gifts to share? And I love what you said that like, you know, we can't expect one thing to give us everything, you know, we, and, and that's true in relationships. That's true in all aspects of life. And it, but it's kind of like wherever that quote, that's like, Uh, wherever you are there you are and Mm -hmm. so you're able to like tap into you know what you're really here to do and like be an advocate for other people and whether that's through being a lawyer whether that's through providing people a platform to share their stories like you're still doing that work and so it it kind of like opens it up because in a way it doesn't really matter what you're doing it's like no matter what you were going to do that because that's Exactly. what you're here to do. And yeah. being a lawyer teaches you such specific things that then informs this other thing that you do. And no matter what you're doing, like it's it's all going to inform each other. It's all going to connect. Mm. Like you literally can't do it wrong. You can't. And so I think that's so just empowering to remember that like, you know, if you're at a job that you don't love or if you're not really sure what you want to do with your career yet, it's like it's all it it all matters. It's all going to make sense. Like, just like we were saying how you do all the different things and then it's going to culminate to something and Mm -hmm. it will like, that's been my experience in my life so far in my short life so far. And, and it sounds like it's been like the same in yours. So it's just, it's just a really beautiful thing to remember. Mm.
1: I love what you just said, because the way I view life and all of our experiences is they're all different tools in our toolbox. Mm-hmm. And so it's about – you may not – like you said, you may not love where you're at right now, career, job, anything, relationships, but understand or remembering, allowing yourself to understand and remember that, hey, this is a tool in my toolbox. It's allowing me to grow, to gain a better understanding of myself, to actually understand what my likes and dislikes are, my, fr- my preferences, what actually brings me joy, what doesn't. It all comes together. They're these tools in – your toolbox, which for me has been so, so powerful to remember. I love what you said that every experience informs where you are now, where you're going. I think we constantly need that reminder because for me, like before I landed where I'm working right now, I mean, the job market was not easy. Like figuring out what I wanted to do, where I wanted to be was not easy, but I kept remembering that like this, this, this like part-time job right now, oh, this is gonna inform what I'm doing now. Oh, this opportunity to work on this project, oh, that's gonna help me understand whether or not I like this area of doing something. Oh, the podcast, okay, this is gonna help me grow and step into my voice and and all these other things and it all informs one another. I love what you said too about purpose. I really believe that you are living your purpose just by being you. There's really mm-hmm. nothing more that you have to do, but these different opportunities, your career, relationships, projects, creative expression, it's all an opportunity for you to express your purpose, your unique self, your unique joy. And so I love what you said because it really, really aligns with with how I have just stepped into the world and what my perspective has been. And I, I really think you're just living your purpose by being you and everything is just an opportunity, like a channel, like to facilitate that expression of who you are, which is, which has just been wonderful to remember.
0: That is so good. Cause yeah, that's, that's kind of you know, bringing it back to this idea of creativity. That's all that creativity is. And that's Mm -hmm. why I'm such a big believer that like, everyone has this innate creativity because they do. And the only way that they can access that is by expressing who they are. So it doesn't Mm -hmm. matter whether or not you're painting, drawing, singing, whatever fills you up doesn't matter. Or even, you know, doing liturgy, whatever lawyers do, I don't even know. But like, (laughs) that's an expression when you're doing it authentically, like that's, that is your creativity. You literally cannot not mm. be creative. Yeah, true. Um, yeah. I love sharing creative resources on this podcast. So I'm curious what are some of the things that you're engaging with right now that's inspiring to you, either podcasts that you listen to, books that you're reading, or anything that you want to share with us?
1: Ooh, so good. Okay. I'm reading Sharon Stone's book right now and I cannot, I think it's like The Beauty of Living Twice or something.
0: Ooh, okay.
1: It's really good. She's had an incredible life and- uh this is not a creative resource, but it is a book I'm reading right now. But I will say like books that have really allowed me to step into my creativity are sort of unconventional. So a book that really allowed me to step into sort of my creativity or just allow myself to tap in deeper to me, which facilitated that creative expression, was The Seed of the Soul by Gary Zukav. And I literally talk about this book all the time because it literally changed my life. It's one of these books where you literally have to read it chapter one chapter at a time, and then really digest it. And for some reason, it really allowed me to tap in deeper to my own intuition and understanding. And so I recommend this book to literally anybody (laughs) that will listen to me. I will also say, gosh, what else? There's so many podcasts that I'm listening to. I've been listening to yours, which has been so much fun. Um, There, Let's see. Like I mentioned earlier, like Oprah's um, Super Soul Sunday has been really like such an opportunity. I'm literally looking at my phone to see what else I'm listening to right now because there's so, there's so much that has been huge for me. I
0: haven't, I haven't read Seat of the Soul, which now. Oh my God,
1: you need to, like, I think you would love it. And then. I'm sure I would. There are just, what else? You know, music has been really instrumental for me in allowing myself to step into greater creativity and feel inspired in the moment. So my music taste is like, all over the place. Some days when I'm like really need an extra boost, I'm listening to like Broadway musical music, like Dear Evan Hansen, Hamilton, Rent, Waitress, literally anything I'm like listening to it or Wicked. Like, God, I wish, okay, if anyone had to be a fly on the wall, like in those days, you'd literally see me like typing away. And the next moment I'm like breaking out into a song. It's like, hilarious. It's truly oh hilarious.
0: God. We are or, literally the same. Like are, all right? of those musicals, those are my favorite types of I my like, favorite type of musical. So yes. like
1: missing so many from that list, but you know, so it's either like Broadway music has really opened up This space and and this sounds so corny, but it's true. Like in my heart, like it's opened up that heart-centered space to to really step into my creativity that way. Or other days, you'll find me listening to like Trevor Hall. Like that has been huge for me too. Like his music is so soulful and spiritual, and sometimes communicates what I fail to articulate eloquently, which is just really wonderful. And then you know, music tastes like more pop, like or country, or like it's all over the place. But music has really been something that is a Allowed me to step into that creative expression. So I always tell people like just create like a playlist of like your what you love and like put it on shuffle and just allow yourself to I think step into you know it's like a certain vibration I think you step into when it's like music that's empowering and powerful and makes you feel good and like Mm. makes you feel alive. So for me that's been huge and I I think too like. Especially with the podcast, what has allowed me to continue to be creative within it is kind of staying in my own lane, which sounds kind of weird, but not looking at what other people are doing or comparing goes back to, I think, the heart of our conversation much earlier and um, thinking about what kind of a conversation is going to inspire me. So for the last two months, I've been thinking about dreams like so much, like my dreams are always so vivid. And I really wanted to talk to someone in that space who could like help me understand or help other people really understand about our dreams. When I couldn't find anybody. And then three days ago, I got an email from someone who is a dream interpreter and specialist. And I was like, okay, well, <gasps> if this doesn't tell you anything about like just putting something out there and really feeling good and excited and positive about it, it will somehow show up. This happened to me two months ago with breath work, too. I wanted to have a conversation on breath work. So for me, thinking about the kinds of conversations I want to have, thinking about the kind of people I want to meet and talk to and and, and interview or just connect with. And the more I focus on that, the more those people show up and the more I then in turn get very excited about what it is I'm going to do. I love thinking about color. I think like colors that go together and and playing around with color and and the brand has evolved so much, Seek the Joy and everything that goes with it. So I think for me, I guess the heart of it is just – goes back to being introspective and allowing yourself the space to think about what excites you, what brings you joy, what's going to light you up, and then making those lists of people, places, things – playlist whatever and just allowing yourself to express yourself through it
0: oh I am so glad that you said that because that's that's the way that I've been approaching the podcast where it's like I have to be excited about the person or about the conversation or about the topic and I had this moment like maybe a few months ago where I was like wait am I doing this wrong like should I be you know like thinking about what my audience wants to hear. You know, should I be less thinking about me? Should I be more thinking about them? But I'm so glad you said that because no, it's like when you, and I think that this is the, you know, talking about energetics and the way what you put out and share in the world, like people feel that difference. So if you are excited by something, lit up by something, people in turn then who receive it are going to be energized in that same way versus if you're doing it for the wrong reasons, thinking that this might be what someone wants from you Mm -hmm. when you know that the energetic is and that excitement is not going to be there in the same way. So I'm just really glad that you just said that because that was definitely like a seed of doubt that I had. No. And now you just affirm to me it's like, no, always heart led,
1: you know, follow what lights you up. Always. And and I think in podcasting, and this could be a totally just separate conversation, but in podcasting, it's so important to think about your audience and listen to what it is that they want. But here's the thing, your audience is tuning into you and your podcast and your guests because they feel a connection to you. And so if you're not excited about something like it shows, so in four years, I've made plenty of mistakes. I've interviewed people that I wasn't super excited about. The conversation wasn't the best, but I still put it out there. And for whatever reason, well, it makes sense. But anytime I was not super excited by a conversation, the number of people that tuned in matched that level of excitement I had. Mm. So if I was iffy about something, if I felt like the energy was off, like we didn't really vibe in a way that I would have loved. But I'm like, you know what? It's still a good enough conversation. I'm going to put it out there. There's going to be someone out there that resonates. So I'm going to still share it. The download numbers, like – totally reflect that. If there's a conversation I'm so excited about and like I cannot wait to share it, the download numbers also reflect that. And not to say that podcasting should be about the number of people that tune in or the number of downloads you get per episode. I am a firm believer you shouldn't even be paying that much attention to that and you should just be going with whether or not this whole thing makes you feel good and excited. And I I say that should apply to everything you do in life. Um, But it's interesting like how it sort of like matches up. So I so I think you're spot on, like heart led first, heart led always. Like if it yeah. excites you, it's going to excite whoever is tuning in too. And then if not, that's okay. They can tune into the next one, but oh yeah, you're spot on. Yeah, heart led. Oh,
0: that's so cool to, to kind of see that actually reflected. That's beautiful. Hmm. Thank you so much, Sydney. This is one of those conversations that I just am like, yes, this is everything I wanted it to be. And like our energies together are just incredible. You're amazing. Thank you. And where can our listeners find you and connect with you and listen to your podcast? Oh, well, first of all, echo hundred percent, everything you just
1: said, I am so happy that we connected and we have so many amazing people in common. So like, yes. it doesn't surprise me at all that like you and I vibed in the way that we did. I don't know why I keep saying vibe, but I'm making myself sound much cooler than I am because I literally <laughs> never say this in my real life. And so thank you for having me. And thank you to everybody that tuned into this conversation. So you can find, more, find out more about Seek the Joy and everything that we're doing at seekthejoypodcast.com or seek, seek or search, seek the joy, wherever it is that you listen to podcasts there, you'll also find more about stories of inspiring joy, joy corner, everything else in between. So I just invite you to check us out and tune in and, and follow along wherever it is that you're listening to podcasts.
0: Oh my gosh. Thank you so much. Yeah, we'll put thank all you. that in the show notes. And just can't wait to connect with you again soon. I hope you enjoyed that episode. And thank you so much for listening. If you like this episode, please feel free to share it with a friend and tell them what inspired you. Or And I would love to hear your thoughts. Stay inspired, stay creative, and keep shining your creative soul.